Introducing Batiste's wet-activated and touch-activated dry shampoo. With breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours, it's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste dry shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. I've been looking forward to talking about this. It's a monster subject, and it's great when you can go to the, the source, the horse's mouth. Terry Glavin is a columnist. You know him from the National Post, Ottawa Citizen, uh, you know, a contributing editor to McLean's. But what I think of as the guy who is uh, courageous enough and brave enough to bring us the stories about China way before it hit the regular sort of news cycle. He was warning us, hey, you better be careful who you're dealing with. And he joins me on the line right now. Terry, I mean, it seems like every week we've got more news. I mean, the latest being, uh, you know, uh, McCallum's sort of wades into it and says, be, be careful to the Chinese government if you uh, go against the liberals because you'll elect the conservatives, you know, uh, uh, which is astounding. And, and you know, yeah. uh, Christopher Freeland certainly disavowed from that kind of an approach. But it's part of a bigger deal here. I mean, uh, we've got influence of China in so many areas. And I thought maybe you could start by just sort of outlining that for us. Well, it's uh, the funny thing about this is that it's uh, it's sort of um, in plain sight. This stuff has been going back years. Um, I wrote my first story about the Americans warning us away from Huawei uh, because of uh, their hacking and and espionage. The fact that they're essentially they're in effect uh, the sort of technological uh, arm of the of the Beijing state and warning us about their sanctions busting in Iran. I wrote my first story about that nine years ago. And, you know, the writing's been on the wall ever since. And um, it's been on the wall longer than that, actually. And you get people like uh, John Manley and John Chrétien and John McCallum and Wen Ran Zhang, and they're treated like, you know, think tankers and elder statesmen. And uh, this is what happens. This is how we end up where we are. Well, it looks like, I mean, obviously it's an organized effort by the Chinese government to infiltrate into Canada, to influence Canadian policy, etc. It's, but it's so multifaceted. I mean, I'm thinking of when you talk Huawei, and I think of all the money they've given to Canadian universities as an example. So yeah. asking us to swear off that, you're going to get some blowback. Uh, we just had exactly. a big story here in British Columbia where uh, the municipalities, you know, the BC Union of Municipal Governments are all getting together and they have a big reception that's sponsored by the Chinese. No other foreign governments involved and other areas that way. I, I look at a new report yeah. out of the National Security and Intelligence Committee uh, uh, you know, parliamentarians that you've been reporting on and boy, they're certainly right to the point, but again, a little Johnny come lately on it. Indeed, and the curious thing about this is you know, if you look at what's happening in the United States and you know, what's been preoccupying American politics for the last uh, two or three years is the possibility of collusion between the Trump administration, or at least the Trump campaign, and the Kremlin, uh, and Russian influence in in Trump's house. Um, The curious thing about Canada is that, you know, this is, if I'll put it this way, can you imagine if Trump had appointed the head of the Russian-American Business Council to head his transition 
<laughs> after he was elected. This is what Justin Trudeau did. He took Peter Harder, the head of the Canada-China Business Council, and appointed him to lead his transition and help him figure out who all the cabinet ministers should be and so on. And then he appointed Peter Harder to the Senate. And then Peter Harder became the leader of the government side in the Senate of Canada, the, you know, our parliament. <laughs> I mean, what the, you know, the Americans and the Russians, I mean, this is a serious bit of business that uh, the Americans uh, and the American press has been paying attention to. But it, it's got nothing on what we've done in Canada. What's happened in Canada is it's become normalized. And it's become, you know, acceptable. Or you can sort of get away with it. Uh, when you have, for instance, John Manley, the de- Chrétien's deputy pre- uh, prime minister, saying that uh, quite openly uh, and publicly that uh, Canada should have just simply lost the extradition request for Meng Wanzhou in the mail, or that, uh, or that we should simply walk away from the extradition treaty that we have with the United States. Um, and then, curiously, uh, urging the government to uh, uh, Trudeau to tell David Lametti uh, to do, who's the, our, our justice minister, to do for Huawei what Jody Wilson-Raybould was fired for not doing for SNC-Lavalin, saying this publicly and openly. In fact, when he did last January, I guess, he said he blamed Jody Wilson-Raybould for the mess where we were in with uh, with Meng Wanzhou and the kidnapping of the two Michaels. So, uh, and then you've got uh, John Manley, oh, pardon me, John McCallum, who had already said that the Americans should simply, you know, Trump, the Trump administration, the best thing that could happen is that the Trump administration should somehow interfere in the U.S. Justice Department investigation and charges against Huawei and Meng Wanzhou, which, by the way, go back 12 years, that investigation. Um, and that actually would be similarly unprecedented. Chrétien has advised that we just tell David Lametti, pull the extradition, forget it, pull the extradition proceedings. That would be unprecedented, never done in Canadian history before. And they're asking or expecting or saying they would hope that Trump do exactly the same with the, the U.S. Justice Department investigation and charges against Meng Wanzhou and Huawei, never done before. Totally unprecedented. So the rule of law, and I think i got to give Christopher Freeland credit for this. She gets it. You know, she came in late. Uh, you know, the first cabinet to the first foreign minister we had was that insipid and hapless uh, Stéphane Dion. Uh, and, and she's basically saddled with this, and she's trying to work through this stuff. And she's been trying to keep all these disco generation retreads from the liberal old, you know, old guard to just shut their mouths. And now we've got John McCallum, uh, who had to be fired for this kind of behavior, is saying openly and without so much as a smirk on his face that the Chinese government should influence the outcome of the federal election in Canada by conducting its business in such a way as to avert the possibility of, uh, uh, of, of a conservative government, because the conservatives might be a little bit more impudent and saucy than the, uh, the liberal government has lately been obliged to be. So, I mean, 
Now the conservatives are actually suggesting that CSIS investigate or look into uh, McCallum and uh, determine whether or not this is a, a, a you know an invitation to a foreign power to influence the outcome of, of, of an election in Canada. Uh, you know, this isn't just some flunky who works for you know Bombardier or something like that. This is John McCallum. And it has been in plain sight. He took $73,000 in free trips to China before he was appointed ambassador. He was a cabinet minister, and he considered it a promotion to be appointed ambassador to Canada. And ever since then, everything he has said, for instance, just one little example. Uh, about 18 months ago, I guess it was, he announced that we were uh, uh, opening or tripling the number of visa offices uh, in China, and that this was a really great idea, Canadian idea, we're open to the world, we're Canadians. Three months earlier, the Chinese foreign minister, Wang Yi, had said Canada should triple its visa offices in Canada. Mm -hmm. So, whatever the Chinese want, we dress it up as a Canadian idea, and we're so much better than the Americans, and we're so much more clever than the Americans. And, uh, you know, this is this is the way it's been and it's been happening in plain sight. And very few people have had uh, the sauce to say, you know, there's something unseemly about all of this. Well, I'm, I'm, I, by the way, I'm talking with Terry Glavin, columnist, National Post, Ottawa citizen, contributing editor McLean's is the person, in my opinion, who is blowing the whistle on the China story for years. It's now far more prominent in the last year or so. Uh, but he has been on this for years. At first, I thought this was a naivety. Like, isn't the world, you know, let's all hold hands and sing Kumbaya and the world's a happy place. Right. Much more recently, I've been coming to, you know, there's just so much money coming out of China. They know what our price is, and it's called money. I do a show called Money Talks, and I thought, are they trying to just verify that title all the time? Because, uh, you know, and Canadians yeah. are finally waking up. I mean, we've got Canadians on death row, and we seem to have completely forgotten about them. We know about Canada's canola exporters getting stuck, you know, nearly $3 billion there. I mean, there's just all sorts of, you know, now we have our intelligence agency saying this is a major threat. You know, finally, Canadians seem to be waking up, but uh, my, the motivation for how they behaved on the political side, I've become much more cynical about it now. There's just so much money involved that uh, it's hard yeah. for me to ignore that. Well, I agree with you. In fact, uh, about you know, when in the in the uh, halfway through the last term of the Harper uh, government, uh, the amount of money sloshing around the oil patch. You know, when Sinoc, uh, the Chinese National Offshore Oil Corporation, bought Nexen uh, in Alberta, that was the largest overseas acquisition in the history of the Communist Party of China. It was massive, and uh, you know, a lot of people in the Conservative cabinet were very worried about this and a lot of people in the cabinet were saying well what what can we do CNOC is you know offering Nexon shareholders twice the value of their shares uh, you know the money is just uh, astonishing and and it's been sloshing around uh, primarily in liberal political circles for about a quarter of a century now and uh, it really has become normalized and I think that the funny thing about corruption is that unlike any other political vice, it's sort of, uh, it's ubiquity. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? 
You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, is, uh, works in, in inverse proportion to our capacity to talk about it and address it and root it out. I'm and that's, that's the story of China. You know, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, we had the Chinese Ministry of State Securities kidnapping a former diplomat. It was Michael uh, Kovrig, if you know the name, uh, entrepreneur Michael Spavor, uh, you know, sitting Canadians, uh, no due process. They're being denied access to our embassy. The list just keeps going on. Finally, Canadians have got, or at least some Canadians are paying attention to it. Terry Glavin's been paying attention to it for years. Very pleased to have him with us. Columnist, the National Post, a contributing editor to McLean's Ottawa Citizen. Terry, uh, one of the things we talked about just a moment ago was the incredible extent of Chinese influence in Canada, whether you're buying a company in the oil patch, whether you're supporting, you know, uh, know, over a half dozen Canadian uh, universities in research, et cetera, uh, with Huawei. The list just keeps going on. I mean, right through, and I mentioned this earlier, right through sponsoring something like the Union of BC Municipalities Convention, the only foreign government. It just gives us a a sense of how broad their influence is. Yeah, I'm happy to see uh, uh, the mayor of, uh, I guess, Port Coquitlam, Brad West. Brad West, yeah, uh, absolutely. And, uh, and other mayors are starting to say, you know, why the hell? How is it possible that we're actually doing this and we think it's kind of cool? You know, it, there there is this weird thing that started to happen, and it actually goes back to uh, Trudeau's senior, you know, he... Uh, he, he wrote a book about his travels in China during the time of the Great Famine, and he ate well, and he didn't seem to notice anybody going hungry. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Canada was, of course, you know, sort of one of the first countries to, uh, to open diplomatic relations with China in the 70s. Um, and you had, uh, you know, Gretchen, um was the first country in the G7 uh, to uh, sort of normalize China after Tiananmen, where they'd been, the, the regime had been kind of isolated. And he began the first of his several Team Canada trips to China. Um, and you have, you know, it goes right up to McCallum about a year or so ago, who said, you know, Canada shares a lot more in some respects with China than we do with the United States. Oh, wow. There's been this kind of avant-garde, radical chic idea that, you know, we're cool, you know, we deal with the Chinese, we're not like those, those warmongering Americans, and, you know, this has been kind of, 
you know, the way they've been getting away with this, this, this narrative line, so to speak. And it's a propaganda line, and it's worked extremely well. And in, in recent weeks and months, the, you know, that huge section of the foreign policy establishment and, uh, you know, the desperately compromised uh, sort of think tankery and, uh, and university departments in Canada have been working overtime to kind of shore up their reputations. Because when you look at the counsel we've been getting from these guys for the past quarter of a century, they haven't been right about China once. You know, this idea that if they just hung around with these hip and cool and with it Canadians, you know, they'd become more like us. Well, actually, we've become more like them. Money corrupts. You know, when you're looking at billions and billions of dollars, when you look at the amount of effort and money that Huawei has been spending in Canada, we subsidized them, by the way, mm-hmm. just to open shop here when the Americans were turning them away. We had Martin Koshan, that former federal liberal cabinet minister, who, of course, is now on the Canada-China Business Council board, uh, said quite openly, if you can't beat them, join them. You know, is it any wonder that China is behaving towards us the way they're behaving now? What would make them think that Trudeau could just simply pick up a phone, call a judge, and Meng Wanzhou would be at Vancouver International Airport flying back to Shenzhen tomorrow? That's what John Chrétien has been telling them we can do. It's what John Manley says we should do. It's what John McCallum says he would like us to do. They have come to see the Liberal Party of Canada, not unreasonably, over years of lucrative acquaintance, as the political wing of the Canada-China Business Council. So they're behaving this way. And so you've got Freeland, who's trying to do her best, and, uh, you know, she's got all these guys from the old guard telling her that, that basically she should capitulate, totally alienate Americans on both sides of the aisle. By the way, this isn't a Trump thing. This is not a foreign policy analysis. Well, I think so- If you think Donald Trump, you know, talks trash about China, you should listen to Nancy Pelosi sometime. As I say, I, I really like how you describe this, a very depressing style, if you want to, or file rather, if you want to be, uh, discon- uh, it's disconcerting how our politicians have been influenced themselves. And if you want to follow up on this, you want to read more, find Terry Glavin, find him in the McLean's, find him in the National Post of the Ottawa Citizen. Terry, thanks so much for finding time for us today. Thank you, Michael. And please keep up the good work. I'll take a break, I'll come oh, back Oh, you're very more. kind, thank you.